Maybe Morgan dressed like Wolverine Maybe Dave ate his way out of trouble Maybe Tuscan's diorama came in last Maybe Morgan tunneled out of jail Maybe Dustin ran for council member Maybe Dave found himself horribly miscast Find out what happened Yes, find out what happened Since when last we left our Welcome to When Last We Left Our Podcast, a bi-weekly storytelling podcast hosted by me, Morgan Pielli. Me, Dave Warren. And me, Dustin Diodato. Each week we tell true life stories inspired by events that happened to us since the last time we recorded this podcast. When last we left our podcast, Dave considered the life cycle of the urban pigeon. Dustin played Madison Square Garden, and Morgan had a small, tiny, minor, complete breakdown. And special guest Lori Baird thought her ex-husband was dying before her eyes. This week... Morgan considers a nose job. Dave says goodbye to a dog, and Dustin doesn't feel like crap for a day. Almost. I'm going to start with my story. Hey guys, how are you all doing? Great, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Doing good too. Is that your story? That's my story. Yay. All doing wonderful. <laughs> um, my story starts uh, back in 2009. So my dad has this thing called a deviated septum, and it occurred to me that I might also have this thing called a deviated septum. It's a genetic thing, for those who don't know. It is where that, so your septum is that middle point in your nos- between your nostrils, that like bit of cartilage, and if it's deviated, it means it's too much to one side or the other, or it bows out a bit. And <clears throat> I've always been kind of congested, which probably explains my deep voice right now. Um, and so back in 09, I went to see a specialist and to have them take a look at it. I thought maybe this might explain my congestedness. And um, it was a deeply unpleasant experience. Um, I was in the middle of a slow burn breakup with the woman I was living with at the time, and so I didn't have that emotional support of going into a doctor, which kind of sucked, because the procedure involved him sitting me down in the chair, um, injecting my nose with Novocaine, and then jamming a camera up into my nose and into my sinuses. Feels like the type of thing where, like, all of a sudden you see, like, hands coming yeah. at your eyes and, like, <laughs> you just, like, feel a pulling sensation. It was like being in a David Cronenberg film. <laughs> and it was a live feed. So he was excitedly showing me the inside of my nostril as the camera is going further and further up into my sinus cavity. Meanwhile, his face, like, every every three or four frames just looks like an alien. Yeah, right. It blinks away. Um, it was a puzzle box I had to solve <laughs> I don't remember why what, what, I had uh, LASIK surgery twice um, and the second time the guy was trying to teach students how to do it and trying oh, to teach students about no. it so he so like he pulls like the flap oh. over my cornea back and he's like throw up now yeah and he's like do you see how it bubbles and I was like can you just not talk about that yeah like, I know you're trying to teach but like that's my eyeball he's like oh, okay I will. I, uh, did you actually say that to him yes good for you I was um an extremely late bloomer to the point that my parents took me to like doctors to be like why isn't our son going through puberty yet um uh uh p.s ladies <laughs> i am is it this your story that occurred I, in the last two weeks uh, yes exactly okay. yeah um uh, yeah it is puberty <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, but um, I remember one very specific one. There's nothing that makes you feel worse as a 16-year-old than your doctor coming in and being like, I'm going to teach uh, residents about uh, uh, delayed puberty uh. on you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, no, no, you're not. All these, no. like, so this dude comes in and he's like, I, I'm not much older than you and I'm going to poke you with a stick. And I'm like, great, this is the most... Awful. I, I have no sexual hang-ups as a result. I just want you all to know that. If it makes you feel any better, I went to a specialist for a very similar thing. There was more specifically that they were concerned that my puberty hadn't affected my growth. So they were trying to figure out why I was so short and, and runty. Um, <laughs> this is a quick aside. I went into the doctor, and while I was waiting for the guy to come in and like do his measurements and make me feel terrible about being tiny, there was a cloth tape measure, and I started playing with that and wrapping around my arm, around my face, and all this stuff. And then... He came in, because there were no toys in there. He came in. He's like, all right, so you can do some measurements. Um, I need you to drop your pants, because I'm going to need to measure your testicles now. And then he took that tape measure. <laughs> and t- like, I had that all over my face. <laughs> it was clearly not cleaned before patients. <laughs> and I have no hang-ups about that either. So, um, so the guy jammed a needle into my face, and he made my nose go away. And then he jammed a camera. And when I say, like, jammed, I don't mean just, like, oh, 
you know, like two knuckles deep or something. No, this was up into my forehead, like in my sinuses. And we looked around and she was like touching your brain and like changing memories. (laughs) Suddenly I I couldn't move parts of my body and (laughs) I forgot how to play the piano. Um, That never came back. And he was pointing out that, yeah, I have a very deviated septum. Morgan, are are you sure that your life before this this visit is what it actually what happened? We're on happened? Mars, right? <laughs> I mean, look, I I went into a generator room and I put my my Vulcan handprint onto the, the dome. And this is for those who don't get that reference, tough shit. And so he pointed out, like, okay, you have a deviated septum. Here it is, and you point to some like random fleshy mass inside of the giant fleshy tunnel that I was staring at, <laughs> unable to move because I didn't want to. <laughs> Tear my own nose off of my face. <laughs> right now, like, fetishists across the yeah, country are tuning in to this podcast being like, yeah, tell me more about the fleshy tongue. Go on. <laughs> and, um, and they just started to describe the procedure, and it's terrible. The procedure involves... So the way a deviated septum works is it'll deviate on one side, and then the, over time, to compensate, it kind of, like, will bow out on the other side, too. And I don't exactly remember why that is, but it has to do, like, the body's compensating for one nostril being... Um, smaller, so you're, like, breathing harder than the other, and that kind of causes it, the inside to, like, I don't know, sprain itself. It's amazing that any of us are alive. It really is. That's one of the things I took away from this, and any time I go in, it's just, like, how precarious and random every tiny element of the human body is. So the procedure is it's so gross, so enjoy. <laughs> Buckle up. Um, Good thing we started with this. Yeah, enjoy. I hope you guys are eating a big omelet. So they jam <laughs> a needle into your nose, and they suck out the goo in the side that's like the sprain side because that that's what's built up in there and that'll deflate that and then for the septum itself they just ch- shave off cartilage they just go in there and with a, a razor thing a razor scooter and they just start shaving away the cartilage until your nose is normal so that made me not want to do it <laughs> and <laughs> so the visit was so the guy's like so here's my card and like say schedule an appointment it doesn't take very long I'm like yeah yeah nope yeah nope and I also didn't have health insurance. So this was a thing I was able to put off. And I should say the, re- the thing that inspired me to do this was it's not just that I was feeling congested. At that point, it was so bad that I was having to use a neti pot. Um, and that was around the time that that woman got, like, that brain paramecium from using a neti pot. So that made me worried. And because I was, you know, I was seeing somebody, which meant that I was oftentimes having to switch which side of my body I was sleeping on. And um, that was becoming a problem. But again, when you describe the procedure, I'm like, I can put this off for a while. And then life happened, and I ended up moving to New York, and here I am, six years later, at a point now where I can't sleep on my right side anymore because it's so deviated, the, the deviated septum is so bad that the weight of my own nose when I'm leaning on, when I'm le- uh, sleeping on my right side is enough to close off that nostril completely. Wow. So, yeah, it's really bad. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe it's just like hay fever and stuff, but it's been consistent for long enough. I'm like, I should probably get this checked out. So, uh, this past week, um, I went in to, uh, see another specialist and, um, so I go in and it's way up in the upper East side. Um, so it took forever to get there and I call that the specialist district. It really is. Yeah. It's all specialist buildings. I wasn't sure which one was the right specialist building (laughs) for the thing I needed. And the other thing is going in there because it's the specialist district, it's all people with much worse ailments that you're walking past which kind of made me feel like a shit for, like, I just want to have a bigger nostril. And these are all people with, like, neck braces or, you know, um, you know, colostomy bags and walkers and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm probably doing okay by comparison. Do you, did you see them swinging the colostomy bag around? Because generally just, those are somewhat just hidden. Just swinging it around. I'm assuming they colostomy bags. That was, okay. They're tubes and stuff coming in and out of places. So, okay. you know, that sort of a thing. Um, 90% true storytelling, 90% true. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no, it's okay. I mean, there was, there was all sorts of stuff. I'm just trying to remember the various medical no, I just, I'm sure that was. I just didn't know how confident people were nowadays that they were just like, yeah, I'm just going to have my cosmic bag. I have, seen, hang out I have seen people with cosmic bags like out in the open. In this case, there was just like people walking with those, like, I don't know what you call them. The, the thing that you like, you put the saline solutions on and just like tubes going to them. So. Like the IV poles? Yeah, I, I assume colostomy bags were part of that. I don't know the terms for all this stuff. No, they are not. But okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't I don't know science or medicine, so um Colostomy bags are generally like strapped to your body somewhere. Oh, okay. So yeah. that you can continue I know what to live. For. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So I go in. Yes, Dave, you were gonna 
No, I, I just feel like we've been colostomy shaming a bit. I don't know. Yeah, there's no shame in having colostomy bad guys. There yeah, is, no. It's just most people aren't like, hey, look at me. Waving it yeah, around. No, I, yeah. um, That's uh, why you get a colostomy cozy for him. <laughs> just a, a knit <laughs> thing to put it in. We should, we should probably go ahead and should move, we? move yeah, yeah. Um, we, We've now alienated our great colostomy. Our huge family. colostomy bag <laughs> yeah. having audience. Well, I mean, when the fetishists stop listening, we need to keep yeah. some audience. Um, so I finally find the specialist room, and I go in, and there's a ton of paperwork to fill out. And um, eventually, my name is called. And it's a really, really hot day. So I leave my messenger bag and my sweatshirt on a chair. Like, I don't want to drag this stuff in. I don't know where I'm going to be led to. Fine, whatever. Um, there weren't a lot of people there. I'm led into an examination room. And I was expecting, like, anytime I go in for any other sort of a physical or an, even with specialists, there's usually, like, that examination bench that you sit on with the paper on it and may, or maybe just, like, a chair. But instead, this one had this, in the center of the room, bolted to the floor, was this, like, sci-fi chair, this big, tan, comfy, it looked like one of the chairs that Captain Picard would sit in, but, like, bigger and taller with, like, equipment on arms all around it. So I am directed to sit in that chair. And wait for the doctor to come in. And the doctor comes in, and he's this very, very nice, very sprightly tall guy with white hair. And he's got, like, a twinkle in his eye, and he's a little more excited than I would like in someone who's a surgeon. And he's going over um, the procedure. Uh, for, well, the first thing he does, he, he does, he's an ear, nose, and throat doctor, so he does, like, the quick exam of all this stuff. And he's like, well, let's, we want to also take a look and see, you know, if this is indeed a deviated septum and how bad it is. And while he's going through all this stuff, I'm trying to look casual, which you can't do in one of those chairs. I'm trying to like put my leg up and stuff and it's just not conducive to that. Because the alternative is to sit there stock straight like I am this specimen piece of meat to be examined, which is what I am. So I've been sweating this all day because I don't want to get injected with nose Novocaine again, but I know it's going to happen. But fortunately he didn't do that. So I was very happy about that. Instead what he did was he... um. He sprayed a uh, special medical-grade decongestant into both of my nostrils, which was designed to smell of cake and donuts. The problem with this is it's a deeply uncomfortable procedure to have this thing jammed really far up your nostril, so no amount of cake and donuts makes that okay. Also, it meant that for the rest of the next two days, everything smelled like cake and donuts, which sounds great, but after a while, it just made me really hungry all the time. <laughs> Um, and then he, he stuck a camera not that far up my nose because he didn't need to. My deviated septum was so deviated that, as he put it, it's moderate to extremely deviated, he said with a twinkle again in his eye. Um, so much so that I can't even get the camera in there. So Moderate to extremely is kind of, it cuts a wide swath. It does. It does. A disturbing, disturbing wide swath. You know, like, I mean, like, how racist is your uncle? Moderate. How racist is your uncle? Extremely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. Like. It's um, the sort of thing that makes me very nervous. So. But, it, but it sounds like it's on the verge of like Morgan Pielli disease. Like it's, yeah. like, it's like special. Like yeah. I'm, I'm special. My nose. And I've always, I have to point out, I've always been very self-conscious about my nose because I inherited my dad's giant Italian nose. And I've always felt like it's really, really big and yeah. there. And I've only, the last couple of years, come to like kind of like my nose. So, again, now my nose is very special, and that's, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I've never noticed it as an abnormality, if it makes you feel like Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I have nothing funny to add to that. It's, it's, I'm just letting you know. No, I appreciate it's, that. Like, I, I, it's a thing that I'm very self-conscious about. Um, my schnoz. I always feel like there are other a bit things. like Jamie Farr. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I accept that I have other weird protuberances. Jamie Farr had a very successful career. No, he didn't. He, <laughs> he was in he one was TV on, show, he was and then on like one of the greatest television shows ever written. It's true. It's true. And then he was. I in, would um, kill to be on Cannonball Mad. Gumball Run. Cannonball, Cannonball Run. Run, and he's he's like, he was also on After Mash. It's true. He was an After Mash. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, let's go over the the roles of Jamie. Let's alienate the, the, the Jamie, Jamie Farr fetishists fans. are all up on this podcast <laughs> at this point. Um, all right, so he goes. He, he okay, so he, he examines my nose. He jams a camera up there. Um, he can't really get it in very far, so he's very excited about this. And then he describes the procedure. Um, it's basically the same as before, but he adds a wrinkle that I'm very happy about. I will be knocked out for it. 
I will not be conscious. I do not want to be conscious. I do not want to Were know you what's awake? happening. So you were supposed to be awake the previous time? The previous one I would have been awake. It would have been huh. like local anesthesia and I would have just been sitting there with like a guy shaving my nose. Not a thing I want to experience. You can see why I put it off. Yes. So when this guy said like, you know, you're going to be put under general anesthesia, you're going to be knocked out. I'm like, that's great. There are risks, of course, of that. Death being one. That's, I don't care. That's fine. I, ne- I don't want to know what's going on. See, I, uh, I'm, I'm the opposite. When I had shoulder surgery, I specifically told him repeatedly, you can't put me under, you can't put me under, you can't put me under. Why? You're going to make me terrified now. Did you think you <laughs> no, were going to help? No, I just, I'm, I'm phobic about it. I, I have, that's fair. I've, I've never been put under. I'm mm-hmm. um, hoping that the one time isn't the time that kills me. Um, well, um, uh, <laughs> side note, they put me under. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have to. Hat. They they're don't. They, have to. they don't. They, they didn't do. have to. They, do. they, they do. I, 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 they said we don't have to do it. Don't worry about it. They rolled me into the room. They said we're going to put you under now. I said no, you're not. I told you about this. The guy literally rolled his eyes at me and said, "Talk to the doctor." And then the doctor walked over. And was like, "You remember our conversation? You can't put me under." I was like, "All right, all right. We'll 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 monitor your pain as we go through." And then they put me in the fuck on. Do you remember them like putting the mask on? You're like, no, I, no. I remember. I remember some like ruffling, and then the stuff's amnesic. So oh. I, I just lost all memory that was, of time. Yeah. My dad, when my dad had a, a um, uh, thing in his butt, I don't remember what it was called. A butt, a, a butt exam. Hey, dad, if you're listening, sorry. Um, colostomy. That, that is the worst way. Colostomy. Colostomy. That is the worst way you could have tried to remember that. <laughs> there is no worse way. <laughs> Disagree. And so when they, I was, when I, I was the one who had to pick him up and I was told, cause he, this is something that they were worried would freak him out. And I, it was years later until I told him this. So he knows now, um, he was, they couldn't give him any sort of a pain thing and he wasn't put under instead of they gave him was this thing that basically erases his short term memory. So he wouldn't know how incredibly painful the experience had been. I, yeah. There's something called twilighting, which I think is what they actually did to me, which is not technically putting you under. Um, but it, you know, it's it's terrifying. It, like you lose yeah. memory, and, and you lose memory that you know when you lost the memory. It was of something incredibly painful. And well, and like especially when you don't see it coming. When I thought I would be awake the whole time, like just to have like to to like have a have a have a thing happen, and then nothing, and then wake up to like a resident screaming in my face. Wake up, Dave! Was Whoa. like the most upsetting thing. Yeah, because it's that like click over. You're just yeah. like everything's going okay, and then boom! All of a sudden, you're in a completely different yeah. room. And coming up yeah, and there's also like a lot that's disturbing about it. Yep. If you want to like think about like the nature of consciousness and what I actually am, which I don't. Yeah. No, don't. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm just gonna be knocked out. So that's fine. And but he said there's a small risk I have to make you aware of. Um, very small chances of this happening, but I just you you should just be aware of it. Um, it could. The surgery uh, could leave a small hole in your septum, um, and if it's the right size, your nose will whistle as you talk. <laughs> just going to make a whistling sound. And I said, oh, okay. So just in general, like, if it's not the right size, and I have this, how will I, how else, what else will it manifest as? How else will I know if I have this hole? And he goes, you won't. You won't can, know. Can they just throw, like, a, a little piece of, like, plywood over that's it? My, like, yeah, you just, yeah. <laughs> Or just, yeah, just some bubble gum, just jam that up there. Yeah. It's like, it, it might not completely heal, which is also a bit of a disturbing thought that I will have a hole in my septum for a while. You know, hopefully it'll completely heal until it's a solid wall again. Is there any chance that you'll lose the soothing tones? That, that is would? something someone else brought up too. I didn't think of that at the time when I talked to him. That is that is a concern because it is a career that I'm hoping to make. Um, it would be disappointing if my voice changed dramatically yeah. as a result of this. I don't know. I mean, that's your redeeming quality on the podcast. As far as like, I don't usually listen here. that much to what you're saying. It's just how you're saying it. Yeah. I, I know that it continues to the fan base just jerks off the sound of my voice. And yeah. that's the main reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are we going to change this to when last we, when last you, when last we left our fetish? It's a podcast. Anyway. When last we came to our podcast? Hey, oh, the opposite of, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, no, that's a, and that's a, something I've been weighing in my mind of, is it worth it? And at this point, yeah, it is, because um, I really miss breathing, like, full-on breathing, and that's fine. If my voice becomes different, I'll take that, because breathing is great. Um, you also, I mean, there's a reason for the redundancy, mm-hmm. like, to have multiple areas that the air can go in, Yeah, because... Um, 
uh, that's how we stay alive. Yep. Yep. And I can't help but wonder if, like, I've always felt pretty lethargic, and I'm wondering if part of that might be I'm only getting half of, I only have, like, half of an airway open. Like, maybe I'm not getting as much oxygen as I could be. Um, Which is, I feel like, kind of the key. I've never had surgery before, but the, the terrifying elements of this, I feel like that might be the key to be surgery is when you're so excited about the prospect of not being miserable that it kind of outweighs the terrifying qualities of having the surgery. Um, so that, that, that will probably be my takeaway. Um, otherwise, you know, the, the, the uh, exam was very routine. Um, he saw me to his secretary who was on her <laughs> lunch. I was going to say he sawed me in half. He sawed <laughs> me in half. No, he, he directed me to the secretary who was on her lunch break. So I had to wait 45 minutes at her desk until she got back. She's also having her nails done. That was annoying. I got to listen to all the weird inter-office gossip because the inner sanctum of the medical center is just like any other office and nobody wants to be there. And everyone's being very polite to patients who are complaining about stuff and then hanging up the phone and complaining about them. It was like being back at Forbidden Planet about, you know, you have someone call up looking for like a specific action figure and they're really adamant and annoying about it and you're very polite with them and you hang up the phone and you just start complaining about them loudly. Um, and then, yeah, I got, you know, it worked a lot. I've got an appointment set up for early October nervous about that, but it's going to happen, and hopefully by mid-October, I will not be whistling over this podcast. All right. Well, good luck. Thank you. Uh, Dave? Um, uh, well, best of luck with that. Thank you. Um, I, uh, one of, uh, one of the interesting things about my job is, um, that, uh, you form relationships with the animals you uh, interact with them. For those who haven't listened repeatedly to this podcast, I am a dog walker. And you uh, form relationships with dogs in this sort of uh, weird way where you're not their owner, so you're not their alpha, but you're not a dog, so you're not their dog friend. You're kind of a dude who shows up and uh, they like you, you know, because you often uh, take them to a place that's less boring than where they are. But um, and free them to poop and free them to poop, free them from their poop shackles. Um, but you don't like you don't feed them, you don't give them like treats or anything. So it's not like you're um, you're, you're a number one for them. Um, there's a there's a dog I walk, and for the sake of the owner's privacy and I guess the dog's privacy, I'll I'll, I'll call this dog Fido. Um, and I, Fido is one of my favorites. Uh, Fido is a Shetland sheepdog, um, which if uh, you're not up on your dog breeds, they, they are basically half-sized lassies is how they look. And um, they are from uh, Scotland. Uh, they're a Scottish breed of um, uh, a farm dog. You know, they're used to herd sheep. And uh, as such, they are incredibly intelligent um, and, and high-energy but also, like, super nice to humans and uh, sweet. And Fido is definitely one of the sweetest, chillest, most, like, uh, intelligent dogs I walk. And he's also, like, kind of a dog walker's dream. He never, like, gets into any fights with other dogs. He never, um, he, he's very, like, calming for other dogs to be around. And, like, I have, n- I've never walked into his place and had, like, to pick up his poop. I've had to pick up his cat's poop like his cat friend who lives in this apartment because sometimes he'll take his cat friend's poop <laughs> out of out of the, the the house where the cat goes to make that poop um, because dogs are disgusting. Uh, and he'll just be like, oh, hey, poop. I'll put this on the floor over here. Uh, I helped. I, I read somewhere that it's, I think it's because they, um, poop is one of the ways animals mark the territory. So they're trying to protect their owner's territory from the cat okay. who's also marking the territory. That's interesting. That's one of the reasons they also eat it too, is to kind of like get rid of that territorial mm-hmm. evidence. Um, that makes sense. I'll buy it. Uh, also it's delicious. Also it's, yeah, I mean, who's going to turn down cat food, right? No so, Fetishists. <laughs> um, so I don't think we want that fetish. <laughs> no, the others were fine. Yeah, I'll yeah. take the others. It's the cat... Poop eating fetish. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna draw it. Um, but so, uh, so the point is to say that Fido's a great dog, and I really like him, and he seems to really like me. Um, and he stayed at our place uh, uh, at least once um, when his owners were away, stuff like that. Uh, and um, uh, so he's great. He and he lives across the hall from the worst dog in the world. 
um, who is his neighbor dog. Uh, and I've walked Fido for about two years, so the neighbor dog must have moved in probably six, eight months after I started walking Fido, because for the while this didn't happen. But um, uh, recently, soon after I started walking him, uh, uh, the elevator would open on the floor where I was picking him up, and uh, him and the neighbor across the hall live about 30 feet down this hall. I would open the elevator door, and immediately from behind the neighbor's door, just hear the sound of something small and loud, run at the door, basically run into it, and start scream-yapping um, that uh, anything was occurring in the hallway. Um, and so, you know, I, I would go pick up Fido, take Fido out, scream yapping the whole time, the entire time I'm opening the door, leashing the dog, bringing the dog out, back to the elevator, nothing but loud screams. Um, and I've picked a great city to live in because I don't like loud noises very much. <laughs> but it's also one of those things where you can do nothing, you know, like you can't yell no at a dog that can't see you and also does not recognize you as an authority. So you just kind of have to sit there and take it. And so for a few months, I did. Um, and then uh, one day, I'm showing up uh, to pick up Fido. I'm walking in, the, in and uh, out of the neighbor uh, uh, neighbor's apartment comes the neighbor. And uh, he's this kind of doughy uh, dude, a um, few years older than me, probably. And... Uh, Keep in mind, I'm coming into, like, these apartments at around 2 in the afternoon. And uh, he looks me up and down, and he says, with a thick Irish accent that I will in no way uh, endeavor to replicate, he says, hey, are you a dog walker? And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, cool. Uh, I might be going back to work soon, so I might need a walker for, for my dog, and I don't remember what the dog's name is, so I'll just call her Celeste. <laughs> My my dog Celeste, uh, I might need a, a walker for her, and I'm like, oh great, great, sure, yeah, be sure to do that. And meanwhile, Celeste in the background, <laughs> scream barking. He's like, yeah, she's a little diva. And I'm like, ah, great. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I go, well, uh, I don't have any cards on me right now. P.S. Yes, I did. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I can get you later. He's like, yeah, yeah, just leave a card under my door or something. Uh, and they, then he tells me his name, and I won't say the name he told me. But I need you to trust me that the name he told me might as well have been uh, Coca-Cola or Elbow. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a noun that could either be a product or just a, a, a noun, like a part of the body. So uh, go with me on that. Um, uh, I'm not going to get more specific again for the sake of privacy. Was uh, his name Unilever? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Is there a Unilever part of the body? No, but it could be. Uh, yeah, the part they're removing be, from my nose. Oh, they're removing yeah. your Unilever? Yeah. Wow, I, you know, my, my dad had that procedure done, and he's fine now. I, did, I mean, I guess the Falcon thing last time, I thought, like, I'd give one shot. Yeah, just go, just just, <laughs> yeah. Roll, just roll the dice. Maybe I'll, maybe, maybe lightning will strike again. No, his name's not Unilever, um, but uh, I'm going to call him uh, Elbow. Um, so, <laughs> Elbow uh, says to me, uh, yeah, my name's Elbow. <laughs> and I go... Great, <laughs> and then I look up, and then I look up at 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 his head uh, place, the place on his body where his head is, and he's wearing a hat, and the hat says elbow <laughs> on it. So I definitely never slipped a card under his door because <laughs> a his dog is like uh, no no judgment. I'm weird. Uh, most of the people whose dogs I walk aren't terribly weird, but everybody has foibles. Um, and I'm sure, like, you know, his foibles aren't that bad. But he introduced himself as Elbow in Puerto Rico. That's his elbow. And his dog's a nightmare. Like, a clear fucking nightmare. So I never slipped a card under his door because I'm not going to, like, endanger the other dogs I walk by having this, like, psycho, like, walk with them. Um, and, uh, so that was around Christmas time that that happened. So I was also protected by the holidays happened. And I, oh, I just forgot, Elbow. I'm sorry if I have to see him again. Um, uh, and then, um, 
whatever work Elbow was looking for, I guess he didn't get it because he was, you know, like I would hear him through the door. They were thin doors. Like I would hear him kind of yell at his dog sometimes. Hey, Celeste, shut up. You know, when Celeste was going crazy. And a couple times we'd be on the walks, me and Fido and a couple dogs I walked with Fido. And uh, we'd see him and Celeste. And Celeste would always just immediately charge us to the extent of her leash. Like, like wanting to eat everything that was happening there. Um, so, uh, you know, months of this go by. I, sh- I open the elevator door. Celeste immediately freaks out, scream barking. Sometimes uh, Elbow screams at her. Sometimes he doesn't. I walk down the hallway. Uh, more scream barking. I open the door. More scream barking. I leash the dog. I take the dog out. More scream barking. Back to the elevator. Uh, and it's still going on as we get into the elevator and the door closes. One day around February, I show up. I open, you know, the elevator door. The dog starts screaming. I walk down the hallway. Dog starts screaming. I have another dog with me. We go in. We get Fido. We walk Fido out. I always clip dogs to my belt. And part of the reason is because um, I have to use both my hands to operate locks, you know. Uh, so I'm not going to, like, leave, drop the leashes and leave them in the hallway. I'm just going to keep them clipped to me. But that usually gives them a little bit more lead than I'd like, you know, they can walk another foot or two, and the other dog, that was not Fido, does that, walks uh, just over the halfway point of the um, uh, hallway towards Celeste's door, and gives just the slightest woof, at which point Celeste slash Elbow's door flies open. And Elbow comes storming out and yells, Hey, do me a favor and keep those dogs over towards that door. And I go, what? He goes, it gets my dog angry and she starts barking. And I look at him and I said, she's been barking at me since I got off the elevator. He said, and he literally just like gets really close to me and just screams, just do it. And I said, okay, well, I'm sorry it's happening and I'll do my best. You'll do better than your best. And then he goes back in his apartment and elbows a lot bigger than me. He's not, doesn't look like a guy who could necessarily do a lot of work, but he could do some work. Um, and much larger than me, and also just, like, I was shaken both by the invasion of my space, but shaken by, as well, how wrong he was. (laughs) Like, he was completely in the wrong to yell at me for something his dog was doing, you know? Even if I'd been, like, up against, up to the point where I'm, like, like, actually kicking his door, you know? Like, your dog shouldn't bark at somebody just for being in the fucking hallway, dude. Um, It's insane to, like, like, come at me when your dog's wrong, come at your dog, fix the dog. There are ways to do it. Do a little internet research. Um, FYI, if you're interested, the number one thing you do is get a doggy gate and put the dog farther back from the door. That's all. Just restrict the access to the door because then the dog doesn't think that barbarians are at the gate. Um, so that's a side note. Um, anyway, little shaken, walk the dogs. Nothing changed. You know, I would pick up the dogs. This fucking dog would scream at us. But I realized that Elbow was kind of watching, you know, from behind his door. Um, So I always kept them to, like, as close to the door as we could. I never, like, let them get too far. Kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. A couple things happened this week all around the same time. Um, the owner of Fido, uh, has been pregnant for a while, um, or the owners, I should say, have been pregnant for a while. Um, and, uh, on, uh, Thursday, one of them texts me and goes, hey, I just, um, uh, we just found a new place to live because, um, we're going, we're having twins, so we're going to need to move. Um, and so next Friday, uh, 
uh, it's going to be the last day uh, you watch Fido. And I was sad about it, but I understand. Uh, they gave me some of this and texted them to that effect. And it's been a pleasure and whatever. And Friday morning rolls around and she texts me again, Hey, my water broke. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to the hospital and uh, Fido's going to Long Island this weekend. So today is actually the last day you're going to walk. And, uh, you know, like, obviously, I totally understand like that that happened. At the same time, I was like a little bit very sad because <laughs> cause I love this dog. And like all of a sudden it went from I'll have a week to say goodbye to I'll have like this afternoon. So I pick up Fido, dog screams at us, we go outside, I take him out for a little longer, I walk him for as long as I can with no other dogs, just so like I get a good amount of goodbye time with him, and we, uh, we, uh, I let him sort of direct where we go and all that stuff, and then I take him back. And I mentioned the doors are thin for a reason, so like keep that in mind. Walking back in, uh, I take him walk back into the to the apartment for for once celeste does not scream at us uh i take the lead off of fido wrap it up tell him he's a good boy that i'll miss him he looks at me like why is the standing dog so sad <laughs> i don't understand the standing dog comes most days when the other standing dogs aren't here the ones that feed me so i assume this will be forever always like this. I love you, standing dog. Um, like, he's just looking at me like, oh, I don't, okay. Um, uh, and he's such a good boy, and I tell him he's a good boy, and I get a little sad. And then I'm walking out the door, and from behind Celeste slash Elbow's door comes uh, the sound of the opening piano bit in Macklemore's Same Love. <sighs> I'm not made of fucking stone, guys. Yes, that song is a little ridiculous. I mean, it's it's a nice song in that it's like, I believe in gay rights, right? Mm. But it is also, it contains a line, have you read the YouTube comments recently? I mean, like, <laughs> come on. Lately. Lately. Sorry, sorry. Yes, you are fine. Um, it, it's, it's a little bit of a ridiculous song, and it... Uh, it, it in, in the same way that Macklemore is a little bit of a ridiculous artist. Um, but uh, I'm not made of stone when you hear dun, 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 in that like bluesy, sad little thing while you're staring at a dog's face that you know you're not going to see again. You start to get a little, a little misty, and I did. Um, and then from behind that same door, I hear with this thick Irish accent, and I'm, again, not going to try and replicate Xbox, go to YouTube. <laughs> Xbox, go to YouTube. Because clearly, Elbow has mis like has has somehow directed his Xbox to accidentally play the song that he doesn't want it to play, <laughs> and now he needs it to do. But the Xbox cannot understand him because he's speaking like like I mean, he sounds like. <laughs> YouTube. Um, uh, he's just screaming his head off. As, <laughs> is, that, is that how Irish people sound? Glibity gloob, blurp, blurp, blurp. Um, I love the Irish. I really do. But this guy's a total asshole. Um, Are you confusing the Irish with stereotypical aliens from outer space? <laughs> he might be an alien. He okay. might be an actual alien. Um, and that, to me, that was the funniest thing. I went back in. I gave uh, uh, Fido... Uh, big hug. I said I love you, and, and I left, and um, that that was it. But as I was walking out the door, I couldn't stop laughing at at elbow. So I'm never going to see him again, thank God. Uh, that's my story. All right, that's amazing. Um, we call this. Uh, I guess I'll go. Mm-hmm. Um, we call this podcast when last we left our podcast, and usually in a period of time has passed since um, we had left our podcast. For a story to occur, and this story actually occurred immediately after you guys left. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but to go back in time a little bit before then, uh, for the two weeks prior to recording our last podcast, um, I had felt completely like shit. Um, not sick, just really, really unbelievably tired. By the time like four o'clock in the afternoon would roll around, I'd start to feel tired, and by the time I got home, uh, it was the type of tired where you're like, am I being drugged? 
Like, mm, I could be wow. being drugged. Like, uh, where I couldn't move. I couldn't, like, I would just, I would get, like, we ordered food two nights because I didn't want to go from the couch to the kitchen to make food. It was, like, that level of complete and total, just, like, I have no power in my body. Uh, and then, you know, I had the big show that we talked about uh, in the last podcast. Uh, where I'd used all the remaining energy that I had in the world. Um, and then the, that Monday, I slept very, 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 very well. Um, and uh, it actually, the whole thing had been exacerbated during that time uh, by an incident that I had had with a revolving door. Um, um, for those of you that have never been visually impaired or are not visually impaired, uh, you don't know the dangers of the revolving door. The revolving door is the scariest fucking thing that a visually impaired person can experience because it's constantly moving, it wants to hit you, and you don't have a good time like navigating it, and the cane is useless. Um, so the Friday before that big show, or the Friday before my last po- our last podcast, um, I was trying. I went into a revolving door that I'd never been in, and I was trying to get out of it, and usually you, I leave them aggressively because I don't want to get hit by the door like swing back around. Mm. Um, I guessed wrong because the glass around the revolving door was very, very clean. Um, and I basically like pretty much like ran stepped into the glass door in the revolving door and then got hit by the door behind me. Um, and just like the, it was revolving door. And then the lobby where everybody was working like three feet away. Like, so like, mm. Four or five people just heard me, like, wreck into this door. And, like, the best way I can describe it is it rung my bell pretty pretty hard. Uh, and I had planned to, like, hang out and do work for the next, like, four hours. Uh, we were going there for a meeting. We did the meeting uh, that I didn't need to talk at. And then I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going home. And I'm not, like, coming back. So I fought it for, you know, a little bit. Um, and then, anyway, uh, fast forward to... Uh, we recorded on a Wednesday, that Wednesday, and I left that Wednesday, um, and I turned to one of my uh, friends at work and said, you know, for the first time in like two or three weeks, I don't feel like shit. <laughs> and he's like, I guess that's good. And I was like, no, it's good. Like, <laughs> it's good. Like, I feel good. Like, I feel like I can, you know, like take over things, and I feel great for a change. And I came home, and uh, within, you know, like, 15 minutes of me being home, like, you guys got here, and, uh, you know, we recorded the podcast, and I thought it went pretty well, and I was feeling kind of, I'm on top of the world for for the first time in a long time, like, you know, I'm feeling good. So, I looked over, and um, for the last, like, entirety of this podcast, and probably three months beforehand, uh, the seat that Morgan sits in had a TV stand um, behind it, there was like an extra TV stand. We had bought a new one and we didn't want to get rid of the old one. So we put it directly behind Morgan and we, um, not, not, not to harass Morgan. That's where things go is directly behind Morgan. Uh, so I looked at it and I was like, we're going to move this today. I'm feeling good. And we're going to move this fucking piece of furniture because you could only move it on Wednesdays. And it was the first Wednesday, like I was free and it made sense. And I was like, this is, today's the day. And I don't have a good history of moving things. Because I am, I am tall and weak. <laughs> so. Uh, quick question. By yeah. move, you mean like to the curb? Yes. So we, we're just bringing it down two flights of stairs to the curb to get rid of it. Um, and anytime I tried to move, like, the first time I tried to move, I moved out of my, uh, out of my home, like, out of, away from my parents to a city, to an apartment in, in the city, or in Astoria, and, uh, or tech, Brooklyn, technically. And um, we got so tired towards the end that I couldn't bring my dresser up the stairs. So we left it there for three days. Just, wow. like, that's where you live now. Um, like, the time I moved from one apartment to another, uh, we couldn't bring the couch up, so we had to cut it in half. Wow. Yeah, we had have a guy cut in half. And then I was like, and they put it back together again. And then when we moved, I was like, I'll do it this time. I'll cut, I'll do it in half. And then I had like seven extra screws out of like 21. Like it was, it was a bad, bad scene. Um, 
out, of, out of curiosity, uh, yeah. and I asked this uh, because I, it turned out, had a pretty massive one. Have you ever been tested for either a B12 or B deficiency? Um, yeah, I have a D, D deficiency. Um, I'll probably deal with that eventually. Yeah, I, I would recommend it because dealing with those uh, made all the difference in terms of my tiredness. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll get better one day. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we, we, my wife and I decided, okay, we're going to fucking tackle this. Um, and it was like basically about eight seconds into it that I was like, oh, this is a huge mistake. But let's do it anyway. Because I had to... Uh, I had to go like, okay, here are my choices. I can go backwards as a visually impaired person and not see any of the steps that I'm walking on uh, while carrying a uh, a giant uh, TV stand, which was, I mean, it was probably like five feet long. It was like it was pretty big. It, yeah. yeah, it's really big. Uh, so I can either go backwards um, and guarantee to like fall down the steps, or I can go forward facing. And then be the six foot three person who's got to basically bend down to almost, you know, right. Because I assume toast. Joy is taking the front. Yeah, Joy decided she was going to go backwards. And Joy is not very tall. Yeah, Joy's um, all five two. So, uh, so the angle is steep. Yes, on, right. on the angle is incredibly she's, steep. She's holding, she's holding up it up as high as he, she can, and you're holding it as, as low, low as you can. Yes. Um, so, and the way our stairs work is basically, it goes like, um, three steps, little platform, like 15 steps, little platform, three steps, and then you're like on the next level. So like, it's a maximum unnecessary amount of turns. I don't know how physics works. It's probably a necessary amount of turns, but it, um, they could have, there had to be a better way to do this. Right. Um, so, uh, we get it relatively comfortably down the first floor and I'm immediately just like, I... Everything about this is is the wrong choice. I am too weak to do this. I'm almost 40. I regret this. But I'm also fully aware of the fact that I cannot stop now because getting it down that flight of stairs is going to be just as difficult as getting it back up the flight of stairs that I've taken. Uh, and I am, like, I am visibly sweating and I am in a, like, you know, in a bad way. And Joy is fine. <laughs> she has got no problems at all. She is a fucking tank man she's like she like because there were parts where we'd go down like two steps and i was like i need to put this down and she'd be like okay and she would just be like rested on her legs and just be fine and she's like midway on a stair <laughs> like and just supporting the entire fucking thing right so um we finally like we're we're almost there uh, we're down to the last like little like platform three steps um i need to take one more step to get onto the platform, um, and I do not do it. Um, and I have that, like, I miss the step, and I have that quick sort of thing of, like, okay, I can try and brace myself with the TV stand, in which case there is a more than even chance that I push it aggressively into my wife, into the wall, on the steps, and hurt her very badly. Or I can dive to the right, see what happens. <laughs> um, so uh, I choose to dive to the right. Uh, Chivalrous. Mm. Thanks. Um, and slam my head into the wall no. and my neck into the wall about as hard as a person can. Uh -huh. um, at which point, like, the super hears it because I'm basically, like, banging into his wall with my body. Um and I don't know that I've quite ever had, like, the canary circling your head thing mm -hmm. that happens in cartoons as much as this. Um, it was definitely, like, a I who and what what happening kind of wow. <laughs> situation. Um, so he, the guy came out, and um, he's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> uh, and I was like, good. He's like, do you need a hand? And, like, I looked over at my wife. Who's five two and fine. <laughs> I see by this point she's like spinning it on one finger. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I look at him, and like all of my masculinity wanted to be like, no, we're fine. But out of my mouth it just came, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like sat down on the step, and he came over 
and carried it the remaining way and carried it out. Uh, and then I just sat like, uh, I, I went upstairs and got like an ice pack, put it on my head and like didn't really move for a while. Uh, and all I could think was like, well, I felt good for a little while. <laughs> and now it's all done again. <laughs> Did you feel better later? Yeah. Um, a few days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah, I felt pretty, like... You know when, like, you hurt yourself in a way where you can, like, feel it in your jaw? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, it sticks there for a while? Did you get checked out for, like, a concussion or anything? No, I think I'm fine. Right. Uh, although I scared Joy because the next day she texted me. She said, how's your head? And I said, fine. Why? Did something happen? And she's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, no. I'm totally oh. kidding. Oh, okay. You scared me for a second there, too. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, uh... So my point is that, like, uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, that was the, like, the glorious hour <laughs> where everything was fine. Where Dustin peaked. Yes. Was uh, that podcast. Yeah. And I'll get back to it. Yeah. I'll be fine. It sounds, I mean, you seem pretty sprightly now, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Okay. So anyway, that's my story. Yeah. Right. Um, was that the only piece of furniture that you got rid of? Just, like, that was your... Your millstone that you just had to get rid of? Uh, I have the, the two mattresses that are behind you that we were going to try and take that day, but we gave up because of the way that I yeah I couldn't see straight. So those one day will we'll also go. Okay. Those probably won't be as bad. Those bend yeah. at least around. Or at least the mattress does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but I pretty much determined that like if another piece of furniture needs to move, I'm just going to pay the super money. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. To do it with my wife, which will be the most humiliating <laughs> thing that a guy can do when they're 6'3", 200 pounds, and have to say, hey, my... You know, tiny like, wife. <laughs> this, is the, this is the 21st century. We're breaking down gender barriers. Yeah. Gender yeah. No, identities. but but I mean, there should be there should still be size barriers. Like whether or not, like, you know, like I she's should got, be. She's got a lower center of gravity. The she's the fulcrum point is probably at it's a different true. angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, she's got a strong unilever. She's got yeah. She's got a strong, super strong didn't have it removed. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, do you folks have anything you want to promote? It's coming um, up the next two weeks. Hello, Laser on Thursday nights at the Magnet Theater. What time? 8 p.m. Um, Sneaky, my improv group at Under St. Mark's uh, on the 16th at 7 p.m. Awesome. What's the 16th? What night of the week is the 16th? Uh, it's Wednesday. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, I've got Relationship with Lynn Bixen Span on the 12th at 8 o'clock at Standard Toycraft. And I'm hosting Six Minute Saga Open Mic on the 17th at 8 at the Experiment Comedy Gallery. I have no idea where that is because that's new. Um, but you can Google it. Um, right. Cool. Um, You're th- hosting a show at a place you don't know where it is? It's a new place. So, yep. All right. I've never been there before. Okay. Um, listeners, it, do you know what borough it's in? Uh, I want to say Manhattan. I want to. I don't know if it is. All right. All right well, stay I think it's. I think I want. Yeah, pretty sure it's in Manhattan. All stay right. tuned to the internet, folks, and find yeah. out. You can find all this information yeah. on the Facebooks, um, and please uh, find our podcast if you will rate it on you uh, on iTunes and keep listening. All right, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.